0: Good morning, I'm Allison Michaels with The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Monday, July 6th. James is out, but I'll be here instead with the day's top headlines. Here are three stories that should be on your radar. Number one. In the global race to beat back the coronavirus pandemic, scientists in Britain, Germany, China, and the United States are pushing to develop and possibly manufacture millions of doses of vaccine, but in a completely new way. My colleagues William Booth and Carolyn Johnson report that this promising but unproven new generation of vaccine technologies is based on deploying a tiny snip of genetic code called messenger RNA to trigger the immune system. It has never before been approved for use. But almost overnight, these cutting-edge RNA vaccine efforts have leapt forward as top candidates to fight COVID-19. Some developers plan to have tens of millions of doses ready by the end of the year. The possible RNA vaccines are especially attractive because they might be cheaper, easier, and faster to manufacture on a massive scale. At least one team has said it could partner with producers in developing countries to provide millions of vials for as little as $5 a pop. Meanwhile, more than 150 possible vaccines, some of those are RNA vaccines, many more are not, are now being developed by pharmaceutical companies, academic groups, and government labs around the world. The RNA group has been among the first out of the gate because they can be rapidly designed on computers using just the genetic sequence of the coronavirus. The stakes and risks, though, are enormous. RNA vaccines have never been deployed in humans outside of clinical trials. But this time, the RNA research is backed by hundreds hundreds of millions of dollars in investment and fueled by the urgency to crack the COVID code. Number two, my colleague Christopher Ingram reports that two new working papers present complementary data showing that the coronavirus pandemic will have a deep psychological scar on the nation for years to come. The first study, led by the Federal Reserve Bank of St. Louis, finds that the experience of coronavirus and the ensuing recession could make people and businesses less likely to resume their previous spending and investment patterns. This would have an extended stunting effect on economic growth. Severe economic events like the Great Recession have caused individuals, institutions, and businesses to permanently change behavior. Experiencing one recession, for example, makes more people sensitive to the possibility of another. The authors concluded that the bulk of the economic damage will not come from short-term impacts, things like job losses and business closures, but rather from long-term effects caused by behavioral changes like less business investment and lower consumer spending overall. Similarly lasting effects are visible in the realm of politics, and that's in the second study, this one led by the European Bank for Reconstruction and Development. The findings are substantial. People who endure a pandemic in young adulthood tend to be more distrustful of government institutions for the rest of their lives. And then in the future, that makes it more difficult for governments to effectively respond to future pandemics. The authors closed their paper with an ominous quote from Mark Schmidt, director of New America's political reform program. He wrote, Poor performance leads to deeper distrust, in turn leaving government in the hands of those with the least respect for it. Now, taken together, these two studies bolster a view increasingly voiced by experts. There may never be a return to normal. Instead, the ill effects of the pandemic will resonate long after an effective coronavirus treatment is discovered. Number three. One last piece of news for you from this past holiday weekend. Among the combative and unusual ways President Trump chose to celebrate Independence Day, some historians were particularly puzzled Saturday by his announcement for a new monument called the National Garden of American Heroes, populated by a grab bag of historical figures chosen by his administration. My colleague William Wan reports that among the statues to be erected in the Garden are evangelical leader Billy Graham, 19th century politician Henry Clay, frontiersman David Davy Crockett, First Lady Dolly Madison, and Conservative Supreme Court Justice Antonin Scalia. The Garden, Trump explained in a Friday night speech at Mount Rushmore, was part of his response to the movement to remove Confederate statues and racially charged iconography across the country. While founding fathers George Washington and Thomas Jefferson, as well as Republican heroes Ronald Reagan and Scalia, made the cut, the list doesn't include a single Democratic president. Trump's list does include five African-Americans, but no Latino and Hispanic figures. Adam Dombey, a historian at the College of Charleston, also noted the lack of any Native Americans on Trump's list, even non-controversial ones like Sitting Bull or Sacagawea. Dombey said that the oversight is particularly notable given Trump announced it at Mount Rushmore, a monument that sits on land considered sacred to Native Americans and found by the Supreme Court to have been taken illegally from them. The proposed monument drew derision from critics who saw it as an attempt to capitalize politically on the divisive cultural debate over Confederate monuments. And that's The Daily Duo 2 for Monday, July 6th. Stay safe and thanks so much for listening.